Welcome to a storyteller's episode of Ye Old Dragon's Library. As the name implies, in these episodes, we talk to storytellers and look behind the story to the process, the germinal ideas and inspiration, and the hours of thought and work that go into the gift of story. In today's episode, we are talking with the authors of the Ohio Trail Mix Anthology, Betty Coolidge, Betty Boswell, Rebecca Waters, J.P.C. Allen, and Michelle Levine. This is part one. Today is our launch episode of Talking to Storytellers. I'm delighted to introduce you to four friends and authors who contributed to a Ye Old Dragon Books project. Title is Ohio Trail Mix. We'll explain a little later what the Ohio Trail is. Before we explain that and how we came about with our stories and why we did this project at all, I'm going to ask each of these four lovely ladies to introduce themselves to you. And we're going to go in the order that they're appearing on my screen. So don't make any assumptions about literary expertise or age or how long they've been friends. In fact, toss aside all your assumptions. We're just here today to have fun with story. So first up on the screen is Betty Coolidge. Betty, introduce yourself to our listeners. All right. My name is Betty Coolidge. And uh, who am I? Well, I am currently in my natural job, I guess you would say, besides writing would be that I'm an associate pastor along the side of my husband. How did I come to write? That's really been the call of God. I did not expect to write. That wasn't in my goals for my future. Uh, writing kind of came to me through some pressure of the Lord to do that. So therefore, I came into writing not with any skills other than the fact that I had been an educator for 30 years and have my master's. So my literary skills are in, in connection to college papers, <laughs> very, very uh, bland kind of stuff. So I had to come into it kind of the opposite of a lot of people. So I wrote being compelled. And then after I wrote, I realized there is so much I don't know about writing, not just the skill and the art of writing, but the whole industry has so many facets. And so I had to really kind of take some time off from writing initially to really focus on learning the skills better, learning the industry better. So I kind of came at it the opposite way of a lot of people. I think you'd ask to say a little bit about our genre. What I wrote initially was what would be Christian fiction. It's really an allegory type of story, sort of like a modern day Pilgrim's Progress with a little bit of the shack thrown in. And so that was totally out of my league as a genre because I didn't normally read fiction. Being as an associate pastor, I would just read usually teaching books, devotion books, educational, Christian education type of books, the Bible. That was my background. So um, a lot of stretching for me. And I don't really know if I what you need else from me to say. That's a good introduction. Okay. <laughs> Okay, next up on the screen is J.P.C. Allen. Well, I began writing that I can remember in second grade. Um, I'd been raised on Scooby-Doo, so I decided to write a Scooby-Doo-style mystery, and it was the front back of a notebook page. And uh, from there, I kept reading mysteries and loving them. 
And eventually I wanted to write them. And uh, I'd been working on a novel for years and hadn't gotten any interest in it. And then I started going to the ACFW meetings and I met you, Michelle and Tamara. And, and so when our group wanted to do an anthology from the lake to the river, that was my first chance to publish a mystery short story. And I've written three mystery short stories and one novel. And I, I love it. Well, we are looking forward to your next book turned in, in the Ray Riley mysteries. No pressure. Yeah. It's coming. It's, it's coming. I, I, a lot has been happening as I've been writing. And so it's, I've had to deal with interference, but it's coming. Good. Okay. The Bride-to-Be, Rebecca Waters. <laughs> Please introduce yourself to our readers. Well, thank you. Yes, I am Rebecca Waters, and I will continue writing under Rebecca Waters, though I am getting married um, next week. So by the time this airs, I will be Mrs. Tyler. I, I, too, started, knew that I wanted to be a writer, I think, when I was in second grade. My second grade teacher, well, I didn't know I wanted to be a writer, actually. My second grade teacher told me I was a writer. And so when I grew up, everybody thought I would be a writer, but I wanted to be a teacher just like her. I wanted to be, I wanted to encourage other people. And I was a teacher, elementary teacher uh, for 19 and a half years. I taught at the university for 14 and a half years. When my husband and I decided to retire, I decided I was going to be a writer and I was going to write books. That would be the direction I would go. My first book was published uh, shortly. It was published shortly after that in 2014, Breathing on Her Own. It's still a strong seller and still gets a lot of reviews. The interesting thing about that is that I, like a lot of people, didn't know what I was doing. Went to a conference and, and just put the story down and then, then honed the craft after I got the story basically down. The book came out in March of 2014, and my life turned upside down in October of 2014 when my husband died with uh, injuries from a, a bicycle accident. So my journey has taken me a lot of different ways. I served on the mission field in 2017 to 2018, teaching in Kosovo. I've often thought I might get a book out of that, but it has to be the right story. And the Writing is just part of who I am. I am getting married again, uh, a guy I've known since high school. And we talk about my writing. He loves my blog and he loves my books and he wants me to continue. And that encouragement is really important too. So I think you, you have to surround yourself with people. You know, sometimes it comes at home and sometimes it comes through organizations or groups we're part of like ACFW or other writing groups. You, you need to surround yourself with people when you're a writer, with people who encourage you to do that. My genre is considered contemporary Christian fiction. That's what I tend to write. People that are like me, often, you know, around my age or a little younger, maybe a little, I'm getting older, so I keep them a little younger, but they have the same kind of problems and issues that we face in, in our world and, and they, they get through by trusting God with all of the imperfections in their lives. Let's see, was there anything else I was supposed to tell you? No. We'll just give everybody a chance to talk. So Okay. Okay, next up is Betty Boswell, president of the Ohio chapter of American Christian Fiction Writers. 
Hi, everybody. And uh, in addition to that, we're working on a, a ACFW children's chapter, writing for children. So that's an interesting thing that has happened. As far as myself, I'm a minister's wife. I have retired from teaching mainly music at the elementary level, but I also taught primary classrooms at different times. Uh, I've always been involved with the church, and I would say my writing began when I was in high school and started writing uh, skits for us to do as a youth group presentation at church. I um, stayed home for a little bit and raised my babies until they were ready to go to preschool. And then I started a career as a teacher. I have a degree from Cincinnati Bible College and also from East Tennessee State University and a whole bunch of other hours from all over the country. (laughs) Uh, But as far as serious writing of books... I started about six years ago. I wrote that first novel and headed off to the first ACFW conference and then learned I knew nothing. So I was still teaching and I thought, you know, while I still have a nice income, I am going to get myself a degree, not a real degree, but I I took enough classes over the last six years to call it a degree in uh, writing After the first ACFW, I wasn't sure if I was meant to write novels because I was a little discouraged, but I knew after that I needed to learn the craft. So I went to uh, workshops from ACFW, got a lot of encouragement from the people that we're looking at right now, Um, at least three of them. I hadn't met Betty yet, uh, Betty Kulik yet, but so i wrote a couple of uh, work for higher pieces for the educational market. And then I finally went back. I said, you know, I've learned a lot from going to children's workshops that I can apply to my novel. And so I spruced up that novel and started submitting it again. And then in 2020, uh, Mount Zion Ridge took on that novel that had been greatly improved from lots and lots of rewrites. And since then I have two novels with them. I have a children's book coming in May with them, and I have a children's book coming sometime this year from Elk Lake Publishing also. So I'm all over the board as far as genre. I've done split time, historical and modern. I've done just a straight contemporary romance. I'm working on a suspense As far as novels and as far as kids' books, I've done chapter books, picture books, and um, all kinds of things, (laughs) education market. You're just, you're keeping busy is what you're doing. Yeah, I thought retirement would be sitting in front of the TV, but nah. Nah, (laughs) that's boring. (laughs) Sitting at the computer takes a little priority there, a big priority. I suppose I should introduce myself since I'm one of the guilty parties in the trail mix. I'm Michelle Levine, your host, (laughs) running the Ye Old Dragons Library podcast. And I want to thank everybody for stopping in and supporting the podcast. This is, as I said earlier, um, the first episode of our Storytellers episodes of the podcast. Most of what I'm writing lately is fantastical stuff, fantasy, science fiction, Weird stuff, magic, thinly disguised allegory. I'm just having a great time exploring all over the place. Mm -hmm. Anyway, on to the anthology. 
we all contributed stories to Ohio Trail Mix. The title came about from the fact that we were visiting sites on the Ohio Literary Trail. And Becky, since this was your germinal idea, why don't you explain to our listeners what the Ohio Literary Trail is? Oh, sure. Um, I w- at the time, I was president of our local, um, our state ACFW chapter, but I had come across a, an article in, in my AAA magazine, and it was about the Ohio Literary Trail. And it was talking about all these places in Ohio where uh, authors have frequented or lived or were inspired, all of the kinds of things across the entire state. And I took it to a meeting, we talked about it and thought, wouldn't it be cool if this could be our program for our upcoming year? Um, and, and Betty was getting ready to take over as president when we were going, heading out that direction. But we did go several of the places. And the idea was we would write stories based on a place we visited or about that author or it inspired, how it inspired us. And uh, so we met in Columbus in the center of the state and, and we did our first little tour of a museum and we, we chatted about our possibilities. And that was the, the way that, that's what gave birth to the anthology. So it was the Ohio Literary Trail. And so we just made it a trail mix because it was all genres and, and several different authors. And it was fun doing it. I know for me personally, I had a hard time finding a location near me that I could visit. Most of the um, most of the locations on the Ohio Literary Trail were nothing more than bronze Ohio shaped plaques saying this literary event happened here. Like up in my area, which is the northeast corner of Ohio, we have plaques for the birth of Superman. Well, that doesn't do me a whole heck of a lot of good. Where it's just a sign on a street corner somewhere in downtown Cleveland. And there was no meteorite hole no. there or anything like that. So. But um, in your section of the state, you know, the southeast, the southwest southwest corner, there mm-hmm. were a whole lot of sites. I know some of you were able to get together as groups and go. Mm-hmm. So why don't you talk about some of the field trips that you participated in? Are you starting with me? Is that what you're yep, asking? Might as well, since you're, you're up here first. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, like I said, we really started in Columbus when we did the um, when we went to the Ohio Museum, and we and there was a lot of historical stuff there. And I was wondering, hmm, am I going to step away from my my genre, which is contemporary, and write something historical because of that? You know, I was it was inspi- inspirational, but what was it going to look like? And I, I played around with a few ideas, but nothing was really really calling my name. Some of the places that are around here, and we do, we do have a rich history here in the southwestern corner of the state. We have a lot of places. This was a, a hotbed for historical fiction as well, because we had a lot of things going on with the slavery issue. So we, we have a museum that is dedicated to, it's called the Freedom Center in uh, Cincinnati. I took a tour with our group. We met up and we had pizza. That was kind of fun. And then we went to the Harriet Beecher Stowe house, which ultimately became the stepping stone for my story, which is a split time story. And I, I was told you can't write a split time short story, but I think it came out pretty, pretty decent, you know, and um, it w- intrigued me to do that. So I was able to merge the contemporary as well as the 
the historical. A lot of, there were a lot of other places there in Oxford and a lot of the areas. And if you couldn't get somebody from the group that wanted to go or could go at that particular time, I found, I have grandkids and I took a couple of my grandchildren with me and just the talking through of things, of ideas with my grandkids, that was really kind of inspiring. It was kind of fun and it was educational for them. So it was a win-win. It does sound like fun. Okay. Well, Betty Coolidge, where did you go? What literary places did you visit and what inspiration did you come up with? And was it during the visit or was it afterward as you were going through your notes or? My trek started just like what Becky was saying with the Ohio Village and all that. And I was there and nothing really, really grabbed me there. But we had, as she said, we went from there. We had another time where we met at the Harriet Beecher Stowe house and, and saw all of that. And then later at the Rankin house in Ripley and the museums, they're all based, of course, around slavery and the Underground Railroad and that kind of thing. And those really began to inspire me because I had originally been tweaked in my mind by actually a writing class that I had gone to where they were throwing out things and said, okay, we want you to just come up with something based around this theme or that theme. And and it caused you to really think and stretch. And so one of those things had been something like a mask. And so for me, I, I began that kind of began rolling in my head. Well, when we went to the Rankin house and Harriet Beecher Stowe, I began hearing the history of a lot of women, you know, who were kind of outspoken and who wanted to make a difference or really had a passion for things in their life. And that kind of started rolling along together. And eventually, after that, in another time that we went up in northwestern Ohio along the Maumee River, there was a place that I saw on the list of the Ohio Trail called um, the House of Four Pillars. And I didn't get to that place, but I read up on the history of it and it began to like just come together in my mind about doing a story through time of the original mask, which is basically was something that when it was put on, didn't alter um, the look of someone, but enhanced it and brought out all of their God-given strengths and characteristics. And so through that, I kind of began forming the story. So, and it's a a story that goes from back in the Queen of Sheba time and the solemn King Solomon when the mask was created and given and passed on uh, my connection to the slavery to a um, a chief's daughter in Africa who was captured by the slave traders ended up in America and thus it kept going and being passed on. So that's kind of my inspiration for it all. It's an interesting story. I was waiting to see how it would turn out. I'm wondering if maybe you'd consider keeping going, like how your modern day character uses the mask, uses the powers of the mask that are granted to her. And maybe more stories of women in the past who inherited the mask and maybe used it wisely and unwisely. That might be a lot of fun in future stories. Yes, I had thought about that, whether they'd be another type of novella, uh, short stories or just what, but it it has been other ideas running around in my head. (laughs) Great. Okay, Jennifer, I'd be interested in in seeing where you visited and how you wove it into your existing Ray Riley Mysteries series and how you use characters that we've come to love. 
Um, I was lucky enough to edit Jennifer's book uh, for Mount Zion Ridge Press and eagerly waiting for her next one, her next Ray Riley mystery. So tell us where you went, the ideas you got, and where you came up with your despicable character. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I actually came up with the story first. We met at the Ohio Village in October and Thanksgiving weekend. I've been introducing my younger son to Columbo because we both love mysteries. And I happened to have the house to myself for a short period of time. So I just started writing a Columbo style short story. It's an inverted mystery where you see the criminal plan or commit his act. And then the fun is, how does he get caught by the detective? And so I wrote two pages, really enjoyed it. And then I knew I needed to get onto my second Ray Riley book. And I started working on that and it wasn't going anywhere. So last spring, I thought, okay, I'll try the short story, see if I need to do something different. Instead of writing from a teen perspective, who's the main character in my novel, I'm going to write from the viewpoint of about a 40-year-old, elitist, mean New York novelist. And that proved really helpful. I felt like, yeah, I can write still. I was having doubts about my abilities and doing something different really helped. So I actually wrote the story and I picked sites based on the location of my fictional Ohio County. And then I, I had been to Malabar Farm in the early spring. And then in August, I went to visit the National Road Museum, which is outside of Zanesville. And I had a lot of fun coming up with the idea that this uh, New York novelist is planning a crime and he's using the Ohio Literary Trail as his cover for being in Ohio. He's pretending to research literary sites. And so that was, it was a lot of fun. And it was, it was kind of like an in-joke because, you know, there's all those jokes from writers that saying the FBI is now looking at my search history online because I've been looking like up how to dispose of a body and what's an effective poison. So uh, it was it was just a lot of fun to research and do something different from a teen novel. It was fun watching this guy go through his steps and congratulating himself on how clever he was and how stupid everyone around him is. And it's like, wait a minute, I've met the sheriff in a previous story. I know he's not a country bumpkin. That was really fun to look at my characters through somebody else's eyes. It, it, it helped me see him in a different way. And it's also, I guess I'm a, I'm a country bumpkin at heart. So it was fun to pit a sophisticate against what he thought were hit cops. And that's part of, that was the appeal of the old Columbo show was a detective taking on these snobs who thought they could get away with murder. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Highly recommend. Well, I highly recommend all the stories in the anthology. We've got a nice variety of genres and viewpoints. And I hope that people are, are intrigued by the, just the concept of the Ohio Literary Trail to investigate it. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, as I'm listening to all of this, you know, there's always this deeper story. There's always this motivation that we bring as authors in part because we're Christians and we, we want, we want people to see, to apply to their lives that I'm hearing it in everybody's interview here, which is really cool. And that's, 
I know that when I was writing this about slavery and I was, I was par- had two characters, Harriet Beecher Stowe, and I had my modern care, my modern day care, contemporary character, and Beth, and their lives were so similar. They were wives and mothers and writers and busy and lived in the same area of the country, just in different time periods. But I was struck by the fact that way God uses stuff that we're doing to, to help us have a voice for other things, because I went to India for, to help work with girls who had been rescued from human trafficking. And I had, that had been tearing at my heart that I needed some way to share that slavery still goes on, that this is still a problem, that we still need to be advocates to get, to take care of people who are in bondage. And I'm hearing that in these other things too, that there's, there are issues that we, we speak to that are very contemporary, very much a part of our society and issues that we can address as believers through story in all these different genres. I'll add that I was just talking to my one son the other day and I said, my short story in the Ohio Trail Mix isn't, wouldn't be considered Christian fiction. And yet as I was writing it, and writing from the viewpoint of the villain, I wanted to get his evil outlook biblically correct. So it does reflect a Christian worldview, even though that's not what the story is about. Well, what we believe and what's, what is in the core of our soul is going to come out in what we're writing. St. Francis, I think, said, preach every day and use words when necessary. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing, you know, with our with our worldview, Mount Zion Ridge Press, which a lot of us are are connected with. We want a Christian worldview. We don't particularly require that we have preaching and a come to Jesus moment and somebody, you know, getting saved. A lot of times people are committed Christians already and the struggles they're going through. We're going to have to close for now. This is the end of part one of the Ohio Trail Mix Authors interview. Remember to come back next week for part two, where we continue the interview with Betty Boswell. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you had fun and we gave you something to think about and investigate further in our guest author's storytelling worlds. Check the podcast notes and the Old Dragon Books blog for information on the books discussed in each of our podcasts and how to find our guest authors online. And remember to keep listening for more fantastical stories. For inside scoops and exclusive access to stories before they're officially released, please consider joining the Ye Old Dragons Library Patreon group and help support this podcast. Thanks for listening.